from my heart right before the start, uh, the fast started. Thank you, brother. You want to? St- are you staying today? Okay. If we were going to start, I would have said do that through our service because I really need someone to do that for me as I preach. It really helps me. But thank you, thank you, thank you. As the Lord put this on my heart, I started realizing, which I've always known, but even more, that a lot of believers are under attack. A lot of believers. And sometimes we just tell people, oh, pray more. Pray more. Believe, believe. When God has given us the answers. And so as I started thinking about it and preparing, and I thought I would do this this week and next week, I have never been attacked for quite a while now as I have been this week. I fell two times in my house this week almost to the point of breaking my head, you know, it was so bad. I poured hot oil on my arm. I mean, it was so bad, I told Tojo, I said, oh, the enemy is mad. We are no longer, we are not unaware. The times of ignorance is over. So today, I want us to look at a topic. This is a topic that in the church, sometimes we have two extreme ends. Some people like, no, 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 demons and all those things don't exist. It, it, in the Old Testament, yeah, but Christ saved us from the curse of the Lord. There's the other end that just everything is a demon. Every stone you turn around, everything is a demon. But let's look at the scriptures. And I'm begging you today, let's be open-minded. Give me a chance to use the word of God. That's what we must go by. Let's use the word of God to see what God has to say about some things that are going on in lives, either in our lives or in the lives of people around us. So this topic is enough is enough. Enough is enough. We have to break those negative patterns and cycles in our lives. In the lives of our families, in the lives of our loved ones, even in the lives of our friends. I'm believing God that after this message, some of you will call your friends and your loved ones and your families and say, listen, I got the answer. God has opened my eyes to what is going on here. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. It says, but on Mount Zion there shall be what? There shall be deliverance. Mount Zion is the church. So God is telling us through this prophet that in the church there should be deliverance. And there should be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. So there's a possession that belongs to the house of God, to the children of God. And it is possible that that possession that God says he wants you to possess when you get delivered, there's a chance that some people are not possessing their possessions. There's a chance that some are, but there's a big chance too that others are not. Matthew chapter 6 verse 13a. This is from the mouth of Jesus when the apostles asked him, teach us to pray. One of the prayers he said, or one of the patterns was, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That was from the mouth of Jesus. So there is evil that wants to get to us as believers that we have to be delivered from. Now, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, very popular scripture, but hopefully I can make you see something different today. But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, first of all, wrestle. Wrestle is combat, arm-to-arm combat, face-to-face, nose-to-nose, fighting. He's saying that we are not, that's not what we are doing with flesh and blood, but 
Listen to that. It says, but. It's just telling you it's not flesh and blood, but it's telling you you are in a warfare. You are in a wrestle with the enemy. So if as a Christian you don't understand that you are in a war, please understand that today. Since the day you gave your life to Christ, you signed up, you enlisted for the kingdom of God and you became a soldier of Christ. So it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but what are we wrestling against? Against principalities. Principalities means municipality. How do you say municipality? That's a whole town. A whole city. He says you are fighting against principles of whole city, heads of demons of whole cities, of whole families. And he says that you are wrestling against powers. If anybody tells you the devil is not powerful, they are lying to you. But we know who, has the, who is the king of kings, and I will go show you a scripture. Who is the head of all principalities and powers? We get there. He says you are wrestling against rulers of the darkness. Darkness, rulers of it. That will prevent the word of God from going in and putting light in the situation. Because light will always defeat darkness. In fact, when light shows up, darkness just has to disappear. It cannot even stay where light is. He says that's what you are wrestling against, rulers of darkness. He says against spiritual hosts of what? Wickedness. The devil is wicked. He's not playing games with you. He's wicked. And you're not just fighting one. You're fighting a host of them. And where are you fighting them? It's not here. It's in heavenly places. Everything that happens here in the physical happens first in the spiritual. We are spirits. We are not just bodies. We are spirits first. We have a soul. And we just have this box that one day will just peel off. Your spirit man never dies. Do you know that's why you always feel that like you're a young person? All of us that are over the age of... I'm not going to say anything. But do you know you, you, never, you always see yourself as a young person? And you look in that mirror and you say, that, that's not me. Because inside of you, you are not that old. Do you know why? Because your spirit never gets old. Your spirit is ever living young and fresh and alive. You are a spirit being. And so everything in your life is controlled in the spiritual realm. Whatever happens to you here has been settled in the spirit. That's why I keep telling you all, when I pray and say, God, open our eyes. That we can see because you can have eyes and you are not seeing when we say, God, open our ears that we can hear, it's because you can have natural ears, but God also wants you to have spiritual ears. And so these matters I'm talking about, you have to be willing and open-minded to see things in a spiritual way, man. So my prayer is that this revelation, pay attention. Just, I told you that the enemy doesn't want us to hear this, right? So let, him, let the rain fall as it may. You, look at me. Look at me. I'm just going to give you all some examples, okay? And if I mention anything that relates to you, please, it's not intended, but listen to me. And you will tell me if you've seen this before or if it's happened to you. Grandfather died from cancer. One kind of cancer. The son 
dies from it. All the, all the sons die from it. That's your father passed from that disease. And now that's the same one you're fighting with. How many of us have seen that? Okay. Mother was divorced. All the daughters get married and they are divorced. And here you are, you are in a marriage and things should be okay, but you, you fight with your husband every time and your marriage is in trouble. How many people have seen ones like that? Okay. Everyone in the family has high blood pressure. Or everyone has diabetes. How many of you have seen that? Okay. So you see what I'm talking about? All the women in the home, they always have to take care of their husbands. No matter how much the man works, no matter how much education he has, they are struggling in the family. All the women take care of them. How many of you have seen that? Okay. So do you see what I'm talking about? Or you have this situation in your life, you hate it. You are a Christian, you are praying. You are doing everything you know to do. You are a good believer, honestly. You love God, you serve God, you are doing everything, but there is this one issue. This, you fasted, you have prayed, but this thing will not let you go. How many of us like that? Okay, so you see what I'm talking about? You need to see the need for us to say enough is enough. You see the reason for us to say it no more? The Bible says affliction will not arise a second time. So when you see affliction coming over and over and over and over again, something is wrong. Something is wrong. The Bible says all good gifts come from God. All good gifts come from God. If it's bad, it's not from God. I mean, there's a place for discipline. There's a place for pruning. But God will not make you suffer year in, year out. Make your grandfather suffer. Make your, your, your father suffer and you two suffering the same thing. No. So we have to be spiritually intelligent. We have to be spiritually intelligent. Okay, do we have any, anywhere in the Bible that talks about something like this? Yes. And it was addressed to Jesus. Let's see what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 22. Put it up, Teresa. Matthew chapter 22 from verses 25 to 29. In the New Century Version, it says, Once there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and what? Died. Since he had no children, his brother married the widow. Then the second brother also what? Died. The same thing happened to the third brother and all the brothers. So in the family with seven men, one after the other, married the same woman died. The other one came. I said, the woman must be pretty though for all of them to want to marry the same woman. <laughs> the second one came, married her. What happened? She died. The third one, the fourth one, the fifth one, and this one, they said, what is going on here? This is unnatural. All seven brothers died. Hmm. Finally, the woman herself died. And then verse 28 says, Since all seven men had married her, when people rise from the dead, whose wife will she be? <laughs> you know, these things are in the Bible. Sometimes you're reading stuff, you're like, huh. It's like I came here this morning. Sunday school, in all honesty, I didn't prepare for Sunday school, so forgive me. So I came here, and you know what the topic was? Setting captives free. I'm like, okay. And they are saying different things. 
most of what I'm going to be preaching, some of in, in some areas, you know, similar things, I'm like, look at God. Just look at what God does. Who, who would make the same, what I'm going to teach the next two weeks, rhyme with the Bible study we are doing for Sunday school? Nobody could plan that kind of a thing. So this is what God wants us to hear. So verse 29, Jesus answered. Let's hear what Jesus had to say about negative cycles in families. Listen to this. Jesus answered, you don't understand. Ignorance. Ignorance. Because you don't know. Ignorance. You don't know what the scriptures say and what again? You don't know. He said ignorance three times. You don't know the power of God. So you see what ignorance can do? And I'm coming to that. In my place, Jemina said something a while ago and I, I laughed because in my place they would say, waiting you not know, not they kill you. My dear, waiting you not know, not go kill you. I'll say it in English. They say, what you don't know will not kill you. I'm telling you, what you don't know is what is going to kill you. We cannot be ignorant. The days of ignorance are over. That's in the Bible. That is in the New Testament. Some stories you will hear, it's like, it's like movies. I've heard some things happen. I'm like, huh? This is one of them in the scriptures. It's like, really? Seven brothers in one family? You can't be ignorant about what's going on in your life. You can't be ignorant about what's going on in your family. You can't be ignorant because if you don't take care of it, if you have children, so you, the enemy will just continue rubbing and rubbing generation to generation to generation. So we cannot pretend that these things don't exist. You have a, a young man, a young woman, even older people, you go to bed and somebody comes there and, and sleeps with you when you're sleeping. You wake up, there's evidence of it. And you are, you are ashamed to tell anybody because nobody mentions these things in church. We had a situation, one of, a, lead, a prominent leader here in the church, very vi uh, uh, what's that? visible, that's the word, very visible in the church here. There was a situation going on and she started manifesting some spirits. And the way people responded, it's like, oh, because she manifested, she must not be a strong Christian. She must not be a, a, a believer. She must be demonically uh, possessed, blah, blah, blah. And she got so embarrassed, she left the church. And I'm like, no, I was trying to explain, no. Believers, you can be a Christian. You can have areas of oppression. And if it shows up, let's take care of it. doesn't mean you are not spiritual. And there's no point us having the spiritual pride to say, oh, because the person manifested or whatever, that person is not a Christian. No. And I'll show you in the scriptures what the Bible says about all these things so that we can have spiritual intelligence to deal with some things. Are you all hearing me this morning? There has to be balance, of course. That's what we do in this church. We are a word church. Everything we do is by the word of God. And so the word of God will give you balance. We're not going to fall on the deep end and look for demons everywhere. But we're not going to be ignorant and say they don't exist. Let's see what the scripture says. Amen? No matter what your perspective is, let's see what the Bible says about these things. It's like, you know, you go to a, 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 a hamburger place, a drive-thru, and you tell them, give me the hamburger with all fixings. And they give you lettuce, and they put tomato paste in it, uh, and whatever, and they tell you, this is your hamburger. Will you accept it? 
You say, I want some meat in here. I want my onions. I want my tomatoes. So why are we accepting just lettuce without everything in it? Why? Let's get the whole meal. All that, be- that belongs to you, all your possession. Let's possess it. Now the Bible says, on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. And it says, the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. Mount Zion is the church. So the church is where you should come for deliverance. If you have something you don't understand, this is the place that God says there should be deliverance. And like I said before, the house of Jacob, the Bible says we have now been integrated into, into that. We are now children of Abraham. We are now the sons of Jacob. We are now in that lineage. And God says there's a possession I have for you to possess. It's already yours. There's no one arguing that it's your possession. It's just for you to go into it and possess and get what, it's what belongs to you. Peace belongs to you. Joy belongs to you. I mean, provision is yours. It is yours by inheritance. Christ died to give you those things. And so when the enemy wants to take it from you, don't just give it to him. Possess your possession. Amen? Possess your possession. He says, do not lead us, Matthew 6.13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The, the name of God in one of the names, as you do studies on the names of God, one of the names of God is God our deliverer. He's a God that delivers. That name will be given to him if there's nothing for you, his child, to be delivered from. He's your deliverer because there may be things you might need to be delivered from. There are some habits that you might have that may seem innocent, but very soon they become a stronghold in your life. God needs to deliver you from those. Amen? Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. This is new. I'm, I, I deliberately tried to get a lot of scriptures from New Testament. For those that keep saying Old Testament, oh, all this is in the Old Testament, you know. So I deliberately searched to have scriptures from the New Testament. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. Paul, talking to Timothy, said, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. That's Paul. Saying that the Lord will deliver him. So he knew there were some things he needed to be delivered from. He said, The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So there are negative patterns that we need to be delivered from. There are cycles we need to be delivered from. There are bondages we need to be delivered from. And even if you don't, you can help people. We've had people walk into this church here from the, from, just from the street wanting to be prayed for. There might be people here that want somebody to, oh, finally somebody's talking about this. And I believe in God that this church will be a church that will, this kind of messages will let people know we're going to have a deliverance service. Come. Come, let us pray for you. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. But before I go to that, we talked about wrestling against flesh and blood, wrestling against principalities, wrestling against powers, against rulers, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now, when I say that, some of you will say, oh my God, then why do we even need to try if Satan is so powerful? If he's so strong, this is, I mean, you're just already in your mind giving up. But let me show you a scripture. Let me show you a scripture. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10, Teresa. He says this, he says, and you are complete in him. Who is the what? Who is the head 
of all principality and power. Jesus is the head of all principality and power. Demons, uh, 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 whatever angels that fell from heaven, evil spirits, whatever it is, Jesus is the head of it all. When he died on the cross, he went and took the keys of life, keys of hell and death, sorry, he took it from Satan, and he said, I now give you those keys, and I'll give it to you, and I give you power, and I'll give you authority to tread upon serpents, to tread upon Satan, and all the works of the evil one. So we're not afraid of him. That's not why I'm doing this. He's not all powerful. He's not all that and a bag of chips. He's not. So when I'm teaching this, it's not for you to start being afraid, oh, Satan is powerful. No. I'm teaching you so that we can become spiritually what? Intelligent. And know how to deal with these things. Amen? I'm going to talk about access points. We're going to have some prayer time at the end. We're going to talk about access points. How these things can happen, how these things can originate. What is the origin of some of these cycles and patterns that we see, either in our lives or in the lives of our loved ones or in our family? This Christmas, I had my whole family with me in my house. There are five or six of six, five of us here in the U.S. They all came to my house, and during this time, there were some things that I never. I'm the youngest girl. I just have two younger brothers, and I have like seven or so older brothers and sisters, there were some things that came out that I was now like, oh, oh, it now makes sense. And I realized that there are some things that I, because I'm spiritually intelligent, and some things need to break over my families. That's one of the things during the fast that I did. Broke it, broke it, broke it. Because the light finally shone on it, and I was like, this is what has been going on. From generation to generation, I said, it stops here. I've shut the door. It's not going to my children. Mm-mm-mm. No, and that's what my, you might have to do. Some of us, we need to stand and say, no, this door, I'm shutting it. And I'm shutting it for good. No more. No more. So what are the access points? That, three of them is the main, main one. Three main ones. And the last one, I'm going to talk about the third one, is the one that affects a lot of people, a lot of believers that we don't even, we're not aware of it. But anyway, the very first one, I've mentioned it before, is ignorance. Ignorance, like I said, will cut you off. There's no, I don't know because I don't know. If you don't know, the enemy is going to, he's, guess what he is? He's the ruler, rulers of what darkness. Anywhere the light of God has not shown in, any area that the word of God has not shown in, the word of God is light. Anywhere you have no light, that's where darkness can stay. When there is light, some villagers, you know, it's a proverb in my place, it's like some villagers where just darkness, no light, darkness, in, day in, day out, day in, day out. And then they went to the sun, S-U-N now, and they said, son, please come and help us. We've just been in darkness. This darkness won't leave us. The son said, yes, I'm coming. So he went to the village, and he was there one week. There was no darkness. He was there two weeks, and then the villagers came, thank you, thank you. What did you do? He said, I didn't do anything. 
since I've been here, the darkness didn't come. And they were like, thank you. She said, no, I didn't do anything. I'm telling you that I just came into the situation and darkness has to leave. That's the same thing with us. We carry the light of God in us. We have the word of God that is light in us. All you need to do is just get access that light and go into any situation and darkness has no choice. It will definitely go away. Amen? So ignorance. Ignorance is the problem. In the case of that man or that family with seven brothers that died, Jesus said it very clear. You don't know. You don't know the scriptures. You don't know the power of God. If they knew, the first thing they would have known is there is no marriage in heaven. So they were ignorant about that. The second thing was they didn't know the scriptures that told them that you cannot be held bound. You are the son of Abraham. You are the children of light. The devil has no hold over you. They didn't know that. And they didn't know the power that is in God. The power that God has. They didn't know that. And so because of those, the ignorance they had, this whole family, these whole seven men were wiped out because of ignorance. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. It says, having their understanding darkened. Understanding being darkened. When it's darkened, see what happens. You become alienated from the life of God. That's what darkness will do. Ignorance, that's what it will do. It alienates you, cuts you off from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness in their heart. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, we all know this. says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, God says all of those, you know. But what? Is they are destroyed because of what? Because of, of lack of knowledge. And Isaiah 33 verse 6, it says, wisdom, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. It says, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. You want to be stable in these times we are in? You want to be a Christian that is not moved, that the enemy cannot lay his hand on? He says wisdom and knowledge will be your stability. In this age we are in. And Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, God is so, I mean, God is so amazing. He says wisdom is the principal thing. He says therefore get wisdom. And he says, in all, all, in everything you get, in everything, let the first thing be what? Understanding. In all that you get, get understanding. So it's important that we, don't, we are not ignorant. It's important that you take your time and study scriptures and know what the scripture says and get scripture verses for you to fight your battle. Because truly there is power the Bible says it's the word of God not like fire. It says it's the word of God not like a hammer that can break even the most resistant stone. What situation do you have in, in your life that's more than a stone that the word of God cannot break? What is it that the word of God cannot come like fire and consume it? We saw what when fire fell from heaven when Elijah prayed. Burned everything, water, stones, everything licked it all up. The word of God is strong. The word of God is powerful. Though that's number one. Number two is disobedience. Disobedience will give access to patterns and cycles in lives. Disobedience will cause evil to come to somebody. 
So a believer who does not obey the word of God, what word the word says to do, you're opening yourself up for things to happen. Luke chapter 11 verse 28. He replied, blessed, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Obey it. Obedience is powerful. And on the other hand, the force of disobedience is also powerful. Because we just said it now, when you disobey God, it takes you away, it alienates you. And we talk about disobedience, where some people are thinking of big, big things. But let me ask you, how many believers do you know that because they are offended at what somebody in church did to them, they are either not in church this morning or, or today, they are either at their home or they don't even want to serve God anymore. They now call all believers hypocrites. Because one person offended you, or somebody did something that, you know, you, you, they can't come to, people can't come together and say, this is what happened, let's forgive each other and move on. Offense. Unforgiveness. You'll have unforgiveness against this person for years and years when you think about them, something just rises up. Bitterness. And we know what the Bible says about these things. That's what we're talking about, disobedience. He says, blessed is one who hears the word of God and obeys it. God wants us to be obedient to him. And when God tells us to be obedient, not to disobey him, really, it's not, it's not for God's benefit. I hope we all realize that God is not going to become less of a God if we obey him. He's not going to be less of a God if you disobey him. Listen to this scripture in Job chapter 22, from verse 2 to 3. He says, can a man be of benefit to God? Can even a wise person benefit God? What pleasure would he give all, the Almighty if you were righteous? What would he gain if your ways are blameless? God is not going to gain anything. Let me tell you, the plans and the purposes of God are eternal, will be carried out whether we like it or not. God, it's only a privilege for God to plug you in and say, do this for me. It's a privilege. If you see it that way, you're not going to be all hurdy and all a bag of chips and all of that. Without us, God can do what he wants to do. So you are not doing God a favor by obeying his word. It's for your own good. You won't have an STD if you don't fornicate. You, won't, you, will, you will not be in debt if you don't spend more, that, more than what you make. God is not the one not going to not God is not losing sleep when you can't balance your checks. Is God losing sleep? No. So when we say some of these things, it's like we always think we are doing God a favor. My dear, no, 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 no. God is doing you a favor by giving you his son. Eternal favor for you to know him and to serve him and to live with him for eternity. What can be more than that? What can be more than that? And then we go to him and say, I, I won't serve you anymore because, because I won't go to church because sister so-so didn't hug me well. Who are you? You see what I'm talking about? We disobey God without thinking. We, spiritual intelligence, we need to have those things. And the enemy will make you feel you are justified. You are ju I'm justified to, to be angry, to have bitterness, to not uh, forgive him because of what he did, because of what she did, not realizing that the Bible says he gives them over to torment us if you don't forgive. God will actually, when that word says give you up to, it doesn't mean he hands you over to them. He steps aside. Or rather, you stepped aside from under his covering. 
When you don't forgive, when you are bitter, you are offended, and you don't let it go, you have just with your own hand. You know what offense is called in the Bible? It's called the trap of Satan. The definition of that word, it means trap. So you have yourself used your hand and your leg and walked into a trap and walked outside of God's covering. That's what disobedience does to us. That's why we must obey God. When he says do it, you must do it. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 46, he said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't obey what I tell you to do? Why do you call me Lord? Why do you, why do you keep saying I'm your Lord? I'm your Savior. I'm this, I'm that. When I tell you to do something, you don't do it. If we have children and they say, I love you, Mom, and you say, go do that and say, no, is that, is that a child that you want to deal with? We don't, I mean, why do we think God is different? We are made in His own image and likeness. If you have a child who is, who is rebellious, never listens to advice, what do you do after a while? You shut off love. You kick him out on the street. We do that. We do that. So God wants us to obey Him. God wants us to obey Him. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. He says, So put all evil out of your life. All evil. The Bible says when a man knows what to do, and he doesn't do it, it's counted as sin unto him. Put all evil out of your life. Sexual sinning, doing evil, letting evil thoughts. Letting evil thoughts control you. You can't sleep because of this person that offended you. Because of this person that did wrong to you. You see them, everything in your heart goes, your heart rate goes up. You're swearing because of another human being. It says put away wanting things that are evil. Put away greed. It says this is really serving a false God. And these things make God angry. That's in the Bible. I didn't come up with that. That's, it says these things make God angry. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 4, and then verse 6. It says, but there must be no sexual sin among you. And sexual sin includes pornography. Or any kind of evil or greed. Those things are not right for God's holy people. Also, there must be no evil talk, no gossip among you. And you must not speak foolishly or tell evil jokes. He said, these things are not right for you. Instead, you should be giving thanks to God. Verse 6. Do not let anyone fool you by telling you that these things are not true. Because these things will bring God's anger on those who do not obey Him. That's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. It's in our Bible. So the consequences of disobedience, we can see it clearly in the life of Saul. When you disobey God, he just leaves you on your own, period. You don't have the support of God. You've stepped out of his covering, his protection. Disobedience causes us to make bad decisions. How many kids have you seen tell them not to marry this kind of person because you're praying and your spirit just tells you no. This is not the person for him or her. And in all honesty, maybe it's a child of yours, and you say, no, baby, this is, I've prayed, I don't have rest, and they still go ahead. And they suffer the consequences of it. And sometimes long-lasting consequences. And then the the problem is, sometimes, disobeying God, the consequences of it, the, the worst part of it, sometimes it's not just affecting us. 
It affects our children. It affects our relatives. It affects our long loved ones because we were disobedient. And so our action, we have other people now suffering because of our actions. The good thing with God, the good thing is sometimes we, we ask for forgiveness, we turn back, He can forgive us, and those things can be fixed. But unfortunately, there are some decisions, there are some disobedient things we do cannot be fixed. All your life, you just have to live with those consequences. You're going to go to heaven, but there are some things that the consequences sometimes cannot be fixed. So why not just obey God and not make mistakes or do things out of disobedience that would be a lifelong trouble for you? It's 12 o'clock. The last one, and I don't want to, I don't want to rush this, so I'm going to, we're going to pray today. Um, I'll come to this next week. Is covenants. Covenant, that is a big one. Big, 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 big ones. Covenants. We call that contract. You know, I'm from a country, uh, you know, from, we, we are very, we see a lot of voodoo stuff, a lot of, you know, evil stuff, people serving false God. We see all of that. But in the Western world, because people don't see it very much, they don't understand the, the, the operations of these things. And that is one of the things that is affecting, this more than anything, is what's affecting people in church. Because maybe your grandfather, your great-grandfather was in the medicine, one of the secret societies. Or maybe as a young girl, a young boy, you dabbled into palm reading. You did the Uja boards or something. Very innocent. Even maybe you traveled and you bought some kind of gift, some kind of, what do they call it? When you buy something from, when you travel, a souvenir. You don't know what that souvenir means or what has been spoken, what the God, the principality, remember I talked about principalities, the evil, the devils, the demons that are over a particular region. You buy a gift that they, in that region, everything you see on that carving is dedicated to those gods. And then you bring it into your house. And then strange things start happening and you have no clue. And it's this beautiful painting from Africa or from Asia. Or from India, this beautiful thing that you have in your house. Ooh, everybody likes it, but you don't know what came with it. We're going to talk about this next week, amen? I don't want to rush this. I don't want to rush this. So if I rush it, I won't, I won't do justice to it. So that we can know that God has covenants, the same thing with the enemy. Anything God does, Satan did not want to replace God. Remember, he said, I will be like so Satan wants to set up his own system that is just like God. He doesn't want to overtake God. He just wants to be like God. And so you will see anything God does, Satan will go and copy it and say, let me do it too. God made covenants. And he made everlasting covenants. And I'll show you scripture with his children. With Abraham, he made a covenant. With Moses, he made a covenant. With David, he made a covenant. With Noah, he made a covenant. With Jesus, he made a covenant. Guess what the devil does? He will want to make his own covenant too. We'll talk about that next week. Amen? Stand on your feet. We are going to pray today. Next week, please, if you know people that need help, bring them to church next week. We are going to do deliverance here next week. We are going to call people out that need deliverance. We are going to do that next week. So please, invite people to church next week. Amen? Raise up your hands. We are going to pray now. 
And if you, if you want to come to the altar, please feel free to come to the altar. Feel free to just take any position that you want. I'm going to t- some scripture and then we'll pray. Father God, we want to thank you this morning. We want to thank you that the entrance of your word has indeed brought light, oh God, to every situation, God. Father Lord, in the name of Jesus, every negative pattern, every evil cycle in this place that is affecting your children, that is affecting their children, that is affecting their families, I destroy it in the name of Jesus. I declare that deliverance has come in the name of Jesus. Father, your blood, the blood of Jesus speaks today. Let the blood of Jesus speak deliverance. Let the blood of speak deliverance, the blood of Jesus. Father God, in Jeremiah 22, 29, you said, It's my word, not like fire. It's my word, not like a hammer that breaks the hardest rock. Father, we thank you that your word is breaking everything, oh God. We thank you that your word is advocating for us, is speaking for us, oh God. Father, we thank you that the word of God and the blood of God, of Jesus, is canceling every problem, every curse, every negative cycle, every negative pattern in the name of Jesus. Father God, I plead the advocacy of the blood. I plead the blood against every evil work. I plead the blood of God against every covenant. I plead the blood of God against every bondage. God of Jesus, every yoke and every burden be loosed in the name of Jesus. Every hindrance and every limitation, every obstacle. Your word says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will see the blood and I will pass over. I will soak ourselves with the blood of Jesus. And we decree today that nothing will hold us back. From this day, oh God, we have seen the light. We have heard your word and we advocate the blood of Jesus over every situation here, God. And we give you praise and we give you glory. As you are standing, if you are here and you need to give your life to Jesus, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want you to raise your hands and put it down. If you are here, you've never given your life to Jesus, raise your hands and put it down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you all to say after me, everybody say after me. Dear Lord, I come to you today, oh, declaring God that you are my Lord, you are my Savior. Jesus, I ask you into my heart, come into my heart to stay. I thank you, Jesus, for dying and saving me. I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. The prayer 